Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. We're officially in summer season, which means it is time for barbecues, pool parties, other forms of summer get-togethers. So Alex and I are here to provide you the ultimate summer guide on how to party respectfully. Okay, step one. When in the pool playing the game chicken, be very conscientious of people's wardrobe and the possible wardrobe malfunctions that might be happening. Also, the whole process of letting someone get on your shoulders or getting on their shoulders is extremely compromising. Only do it with people you trust. Uh, Addendum 1A, while playing the game of chicken, uh, you may think it's funny to get close to a wall. I promise it's not. Yeah, also, stay away from the deep end. That's how people drown. (laughs) Uh, Step two. When pools say that no diving is allowed, that's a suggestion, really. Honestly, it's a challenge. Where it's like, oh, this pool is only five feet deep. I shouldn't die. You can dive as long as you're, like, careful about it. Right, right. And when they say, hey, no glass near the pool, they mean no broken glass. You can have your glass there. Just don't break it. I mean, people go in with glasses all the time on their face. So, Mm -hmm. like, it's, again, there are lots of pool rules that are just generally suggestions. Also, um, sunscreen is important. And just because your friends are black or you might be black doesn't mean they shouldn't be wearing it. It's good for their skin. It prevents sun damage. It's important. In fact, it's pro- it is on you to make sure that your less pigmented friends are keeping up with their sunscreen because they're going to try to follow you and you have to be the bigger person and be like, hey, I know we're all having fun in games, but like, let's get that SPF 30 at least. Also, if you're by a pool and you have your phone in your pocket, it is your responsibility to not get dunked. If you do, it is your fault because you shouldn't be by a pool with a phone in your pocket. So if your phone gets damaged because you got pushed in, it's your fault, not the dunkers. If your phone is anywhere other than on a table or in your hand, it is it is no one's fault but yours if they think that you are clear for pushing. We can't do a frisk every time we try to have fun. And so this is where we kind of say like, you know, even still... Maybe every time you have a pool party, bring a bag of rice just in case. Yes, because it's gonna happen to someone. Ste- uh, let's move on to let's move on to the other part of uh, summer parties, the barbecue. Uh, right. We've already passed the, you know the first big one of the year, but Fourth of July is uh, also a very big barbecue time of year. So let's just remember gasoline only used as a last resort. We're not saying don't use it, but make sure you use everything else first. Um. Yeah. Also, only put the person in charge of the grill who has the least to live for. Yeah. And the least experience, too. Yeah. If they have kids, don't put them by the grill because something could happen and now you have an orphan on your hands. If they, I don't know, just got into a college or got their dream job, they have a good life. They can't afford to forfeit that over some mishaps with the gas. Um, definitely the youngest, inexperienced, nothing to lose person is one you want in charge of cooking your food. 
And I always found that the grilling experience is more rewarding when you are learning as you go. So make sure that you show them as little as possible about the grill. Also, double down on hot dogs. Everyone says they don't like hot dogs and hot dogs are gross. They're talking about boiled hot dogs. On a grill, hot dogs are dope. They are so good. And make sure you get those grill lines in. It looks it looks sick, bro. So priority is hot dogs. You'll get to hamburgers later. They're more expensive anyway. And and in terms of like uh, picnic accessories, uh, tablecloth, you know, always a good one. The red checkered one, kind of basic, but like it's basic for a reason. All right. The, the big umbrella, super handy. Make sure you tie it up at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's very important. It might break things because God forbid it gets too windy. It might tip over a table, fly out. It causes damage to surroundings. It's yeah, it's not good. Um, yeah. Oh, we totally forgot about fireworks, dude. Yes. Now remember, uh, firework Fourth of July is like the number one day that 911 gets called and the fire department has to go out like the 4th of July is the number one reason for that so make sure when they get there you tip them well because they've had a busy night also you can still live your life on the edge just put your sprinkler out and wet your lawn first if no one's telling you you can't catch things on fire just make it harder so just have your sprinkler going and then proceed with your activities and yeah, as long and if you maintain just like a general level of dampness on your skin and clothes, that will help you as well. Whether that comes naturally or artificially, I'll leave that up to you. But as long as you remain, I'd say thirty percent damp, you right. should be good. Like a good post sauna feel. Yeah. But now that you are all ready for the summer, are you ready to move into our movie segment? I've never been more ready. All right, this week we are continuing our franchise month in terms of watching the Terminator franchise. This week we are watching Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh, Full spoilers for this. If you don't want to hear us talk about this, you can skip to this time code right here for the next segment. Time code 2252. I want to go first. Okay. Because you did not like the first one very much, if any any at all. Yeah, Uh, I I gave it like a six something. And I liked it, but didn't love it. Okay. Judgment Day is maybe top 10 action movies. This movie rules. This movie rules. Okay. Um, it did get nominated for six Oscars and won four of them. IMDb rates it 29 movie of all time. So that's pretty good. This movie is, in fact, better than the first one. And I chalk that up mostly to like people like Arnold Schwarzenegger as the good guy. So they're like, we're going to put him as a good guy because everyone was complaining that he was a bad guy the whole time. And maybe people like this movie more. And they did. Um, the makeup is better. There's less use of dummies. The huge improvement in CGI was recognizable. This movie is good. I'm not going to say it's great. I wouldn't even say it's impressive. But it's not bad. It is straight up. And you can't say this movie is bad. It's a good movie. I just think that there are so many really cool action scenes in this movie and it starts off pretty quick. Like that first fight scene that Arnold Schwarzenegger has in the bar with all those bikers. Right. 
like you get the tone of the movie so quickly because like I said with Terminator, Terminator one was a brutal action movie in terms of like, they didn't hold back. They killed as many people as they wanted to. And this movie does the same thing where it's like, Hey, we will stab a pool cue through somebody's arm. And that's just the movie. Right. But we're also going to have like comic relief. So when I'm pulling out from said bar, we're going to play bad to the bone. I don't, was that, do you, I don't know if, I consider that comic really... Well, he points a shotgun at the dude and then takes his sunglasses and then pulls off while playing bad to the bone. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. We can't pretend like that wasn't supposed to be funny. Well, I I think it was kind of like the... It's a recognition... Because, you know, he wore the sunglasses for most of Terminator 1. I think it was kind of like the recognition of being like, all right. There's a cheesy way to say it. And the cheesy way to say it is like, all right. Time to be the Terminator again. Right, like, right. It's like, we did the intro, now it's time to get started. Like, that's kind of what that signifies. Um, and I, uh, I think that almost every action sequence in this movie is really cool. Um, I didn't hate the actor for John Connor. Edward Furlong is the guy's name. Yeah, it wasn't um, bad. I think it was just like run-of-the-mill child actor. Yeah, like he didn't ruin the movie by being a child actor. I think I think he did pretty well. All Let me tell considered. you, I'm revisiting from the first movie. He did a hell of a lot better than his mom, a.k.a. Sarah Connor, a.k.a. the actress Linda Hamilton, bro. I love Linda Hamilton in this movie. I hate her in this movie. Nah, Linda Hamilton rules. She She's sucks. so good. I hated her. If she wasn't in this movie, bro, this movie would be an amazing. This might be a top 10 action movie of all time. But because she's in it, it's ruined. I I think her character is really cool. I think the um, there's a lot of things that we don't see that the movie just has to tell us, which is unfortunate, but I think unavoidable with how they wanted to take her character in the sense of like in this movie, she spends half of this movie, the first act, um, in a psychiatric hospital because she tries to warn people about the nuclear war. She knows the kind of the details or what few details she has. And it makes her sound like, you know, for all intents and purposes, a crazy person. Oh yeah. So it she, comes off well. So she gets locked in this psychiatric hospital in order to kind of, and, and this whole time we're just seeing like, we are told of her evolution of like, after Reese's death and after the events of the first Terminator, she's like, clearly no one is going to be able to stop this unless I take it into my own hands. So she does a lot of self training and she, that's kind of the big thing that I don't like is not seeing the self training part somehow. But and also again, that's annoying. Cause how much self training can you do in a cell? Like she doesn't have access to she guns. Did, she didn't, you know she didn't get arrested like immediately, right? Yeah, but it's one of those things that like where you got good over your months of being a fugitive and then you got put into a mental institution because obviously you're talking about the future and everyone's going to think you're crazy, which I appreciate. I'm like, oh, good. She's not like blending in. Um, She's obviously nuts. And then she just got good at guns and stuff and started working out. But it was just like, come on. Is that realistic? What are we doing? But at this point... We've seen it happen. We've seen enough montages during this podcast that it wasn't a deal breaker for me. But sure, I still hated her. And I don't think it's her fault. I actually I do think it's her fault, but I'm starting to just get over it and I can look past her. Because there's a, there's a lot of other stuff going on in this movie. For instance, T-1000s, freaking dope. 
Uh, and so when I'm trying to remember, I had this thought and I don't remember exactly, but I, I think, like I said last time, there's a moment where you realize that the Terminator means business. And last week I said it was when he kills her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend. And I, I think it happens twice in this movie. And the first time is when uh, the T-1000 skewers his adoptive, fo- his foster dad. Like, that's pretty brutal. And you're like, oh, oh okay. All right. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, because they're talking on the phone. And then it, like, cuts back to him. And it, it's Just, nuts, bro. And then the second time, and this is probably one of the like in scariest parts of the movie and i don't mean like horror scary but just like intense is when the t1000 like liquids through the the bars at the hospital yeah uh it just like there's like a slow and methodical nature to it where you're also just like the concept of like well not all doors are gonna work against him now and just like right. uh it, it adds an element of anxiety based fear that I think is a really cool tone for this movie. There's a lot of scenes where he's getting shot as well. And then you just see him get better again. I'm like, Oh, this guy's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, Robert Patrick does an amazing job of performing physical feats in a very robotic fashion. Like when the watching him run at full sprint with like only motion in his arms and legs yeah. is His mouth is terrifying. closed. He's breathing through his nose. You can't hear anything. He's not blinking. And I'm like, oh, this guy's an animal. It's crazy. Um, other action scenes that are worth noting right off the bat, there it's iconic, and it's iconic for a reason. The, like, L.A. River scene. Oh, the semi-and-motorcycle mo- chase thing. Yeah, where John Connor's on his bike trying to outrun a semi. And this is the part... This is a little bit after. I'll, I'll double back to that point. But uh, just like watching him try to pedal out, pedal a truck and us being like, well, that's not going to work. And then just him being scooped up uh, by Arnold Schwarzenegger like a mama cat. Uh, and then that scene continues in a good way. Just like the way that they fire at each other and shoot at each other. The way Arnold Schwarzenegger reloads that shotgun is it's so cool. So cool. The oh one my God, it's so cool. flip he's doing, I'm like, oh, this is dope. And the this movie kind of has a plot twist at the very beginning, which is the sense that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the good guy. Um, but that it's revealed very quickly, obviously. And so I think that even knowing that, the movie does a good job of kind of balancing, like, you don't know this, like, other... You don't know what Robert Patrick characters Robert Patrick's character is up to, but you know not to trust Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. Right. So you're when kind of first get introduced. You're thinking like, oh, this is just the Reese guy. He's gonna come and protect him, John Connor from the Terminator. It's the same movies before, and then you realize, oh, now that guy's trying to kill him, and this Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, is sent back to the past from John Connor himself to protect himself. And there's this really cool scene where they're like at an arcade and they're, you know, John Connor is in the center and the T-1000 is on one side and uh, the Terminator is on the other side. And you're just like, you kind of don't know what to expect, but you know, you have a feeling that it's not going to end well for one of them. And then learning in that scene that 
Arnold Schwarzenegger is the good guy is it's a very cool execution of that plot idea. Oh, for sure. There were some scenes in this movie that were boring and I realized they were necessary. Well, some of them were and some of them weren't. That whole nuclear nightmare thing was not necessary. It was weird. Yeah. Um, I bet you CGI wise, it was a pain and a half to put together. It was a whole production and I don't think it was needed. Um, something that was needed, but it was boring was the whole desert thing. I agree. She was going to go like, there's a, it's a long drawn out scene where she realized the Terminator would be a good dad, which is the dumbest realization you can have. He just takes orders from the kid. Um, (laughs) and then she runs off to go kill, you know, a future inventor, right? Um, the cause Dyson is his name. Yeah. The cause of all the horrible things that happen in the future. She's like, I'm gonna go kill him. So I need, we needed that scene to get to that part, but it was very boring. Yeah. There, I, I will agree that there are parts of this movie. I would trim down. Um, I, I would trim, like you said, that desert scene a little bit. Uh, I, I still think it's a cool character moment, but you know, for someone that doesn't like Sarah Connor, you're not going to like scenes that forward Sarah Connor's character. Yep, nailed it. Uh, um, So I didn't mind that scene. What my problem was, was I didn't like how the movie uh, peaked twice. Yeah, it was confusing. Because there's, a, so Sarah Connor is like, all right, Miles Dyson invent Skynet, which is what creates the Terminators, which starts the nuclear war. So if I killed Miles Dyson, problem solved. She goes to his house, tries to assassinate him, fails, and then Dyson is like, okay, I'll help you. And then it turns into a heist movie. Yeah, I'll help you make sure that Skynet isn't created. We have to go steal the chip from Cyberdyne headquarters. And then, and like you said, there's this heist scene. You know, things go wrong. The police are called. Uh, The Terminator, you know, shoots at a bunch of cops but doesn't kill him, kill them because he's learning about humanity. And and then you do that and you're like, okay, cool, fun, cool movie. And then the T-1000 shows back up and you're like, oh, we got to we got to wrap this part up, too. Oh, God. And they spend like another 20 minutes on the T-1000. That last scene in the refinery takes forever the dude dies like two or three times which is uh, which is frustrating it's disappointing because i can recognize while watching that scene that that scene is so cool but it is just at the tail end of a very long adventure up to this point where i kind of want them to wrap it up so like personally i would have like cut the dyson stuff and just stuck with the t-1000 um because that refinery sequence is very cool. There's lots of really cool moments in there. It's just a bummer that it got saddled in like a very drawn out third act resolution. Yeah, I mean, this movie's also two hours and 17 minutes long. So it is a long movie. Thankfully, there's plenty of action. But it's not that action. long, is the thing. Is I don't yeah. know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't have a good reason as to why it feels so long. Because I like everything that happens but this is the second time i've watched this movie and i felt the same thing where i'm like this movie nothing about this movie feels like very poorly paced but by the end of the movie i'm like ready for it to be done i watched this movie in three different days so it was just it's just long it's it's kind of rough to get through but it's good it's just like 
okay, we have, like, I stopped the second day after the whole heist. I'm like, oh, there's 25 minutes left of this movie. I'm going to need to save this. Sure. So, I don't know. I would recommend it to people. It's yeah. a good movie. It's a, Apparently, it's the best one in the series. So, this is going to get rough. <laughs> but it's not bad. It's it's good. I would say it's good. I would have no problem watching this again. There's a couple of parts where like the CGI could be better nowadays if they remade it. Um, the acting, obviously, from Sarah Connor is left some to be desired for me. The Terminator looks way better. The T-1000 is a super dope um, bad guy. Um, just a couple other issues I had with it, but overall, good movie. I also think... This might be a hot take, but I really liked the subplot of the Terminator learning about humanity. He says very early on that, like, you know, I'm a machine, but I have basically machine learning. So the more I am around humans, the more I will understand them. And throughout the movie, you see the Terminator kind of gain a sense of humanity for himself and I think that's a pretty cool aspect to have because it balances the humanity, but still kind of a Terminator. I, I think it does that balancing act very well. So when at the end of the movie, uh, the Terminator has to destroy itself, you, I felt something about that. I'm like, that's a bummer because they, you know, they were getting along really well. It like was a close-knit little group, and they worked as a team well, and, like, it's just a bummer. And, and, and that was the feeling they were going for, and it worked for me. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was a bummer, but I also thought, I'm like, oh, we're, we're getting new Terminators every movie. Like, they're just having Arnold Schwarzenegger play a different Terminator every movie. So, like, also, he's not feeling pain, and he was looking pretty rough, so I cut him some slack. But I'm like, I recommend yeah. it. I, I understand why this would be emotional. I am going to give this movie... A flat eight. It's a seven and a quarter for me. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I would. I would one hundred percent watch this movie again. I am equal. I don't know if I'm equally not a, not excited, not as excited, but uh, I am aware that the the rest of this franchise month does not bode well for us. But I'm excited because the action will be better and the CGI will be better. So like, sure. I, I'm just gonna be ignoring the plot i guess and hopefully the dialogue is in <laughs> total garbage all right well we can welcome back our non-movie listeners as we transition into our improv segment we are doing one called sweep edits this is one that we done a long time ago it's a long time ago where yeah. uh basically we're just going to do a normal scene and uh whenever the other person does uh, makes a character choice that we're not really a fan of. Uh, the other person can just step in and be like, hey, I think this is going to be better for your character and it'll make the scene better. And then we carry on from that point. Sounds good to me, man. It's a certified banger, as we say in the industry. So I'm excited. <laughs> certified banger. We've done it once yeah. 15 weeks ago. Right. And I barely remember it, but it is certified. <laughs> um. Okay. I am... A maintenance guy fixing yeah. your pipes. Okay, you're there to. I think you're there to kill me. But um, someone like let's say uh, my spouse was the one who ordered it, ordered the maintenance, and I just wasn't there for that. Or maybe okay. they told me and I don't remember. Ding dong. Who is it? Uh, yeah, it's the. Uh, I, I'm the plumber. I, I I got a call a few days ago about some 
about some leaky pipes. Oh, real vague. I like it. Um, when did you get this call, Mr. Plumber? Um, let me, uh, looks like on Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, it was, it was, um, it was, it was a voicemail left on our machine at about 6.30. Oh, yeah? I'm sure it was. Who has voicemail anymore? All right. What, uh, what's the address? Wait, do you think people don't have voicemail? Everyone picks up the phone. You're a professional. You wouldn't let something go to voicemail. Or the office are you? Was, it was at 6.30. The office was closed. Interesting. Interesting. All right. What's my name? Um, are you Melissa? That's my wife's name. How do you have my wife's name? Uh, I guess she was the one that made the call. All right, you can come in. Okay. But I want to talk to your you. supervisor. Um, sure. Why not? Here. Hold up. Would a real plumber give out their supervisor's name? Uh, hey, Alex. Yeah. I think that you're playing this. Um, you're you're letting me get away with too much. So like, I, I you're 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 cautious. I want you to be worried. Okay. Okay. Uh, but, uh, I mean, just I feel like any responsible employee that, you know, you want to get in touch with my supervisor, you know, I'm not doing Whoa, 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 wrong. why is your hand in your pocket? I Slow down, it. slow down. Slowly remove your hand from your pocket. Okay, I'm still holding my phone, is that okay? Yes, put both your hands above your head. Okay, uh, so, um, I'm gonna I still go have one hand in, in the pocket, pocket. Is there anything in there that can st- stick me or stab me or hurt me? I mean, I got something that can stick you, but it's not a weapon. What does that mean? Uh, Show me your hands. Let me see your was, hands. It was a joke. It was a joke. I'm sorry. My bad. I read the room very wrong. That's my bad. Right, I'm putting my hands in your pocket. Do you have any weapons? Okay, please don't do that. Please don't. Ooh, Wait. This is not comfortable. What mm. is this? Some sort it of is, electronic device? That's my phone. I told you what it was. I actually. thought your phone was in your hand. Do you have a second phone? Who are you talking I to? I let go of my phone when you made a lot of demands very quickly. <laughs> listen, listen. You're not going to do anything in my house. You could be installing pipe bombs for all I know. Who sent you? Um, well, Give me a name. It, I need a name. It sounds like Melissa, your wife, called for me. So. Oh, my gosh. Well, if it's okay with you, Mr. Plumber Man, I'm going to watch from the other side of the room. Don't make on t- eye contact with me. And if you make any sudden movements, I'm going to scream. Okay. Where are your main pipes? Wait, stop. I think we need to add something to your character because you just seem okay. like a regular plumber guy. Um, yeah, we're going to stay away from accents because we've been doing that a lot recently, but uh, add some personality, like some some different thing in there, you know? OK, like some quirkiness. Hey, man, the sink's right there. The bathroom's on the corner. I don't know why you're here. Some sort of maintenance issue. I'm going to be watching from here. Don't make eye contact. No sudden movements. And I swear on my life, if you motion toward a radio or a cell phone for help, I'm going to scream. I'm going to run and call the authorities. Okay, okay, I understand. You know, I'm just trying to be a fluttershy over here, but you're you're trying to be a little bit more of a spike. First I of all, please do not use words. I don't understand. I don't know what language that is. I don't know if okay. you're some KGB operative. I don't know what language they're teaching right nowadays. But please use plain English. Okay. Well, I'm gonna reach into my toolbox. I, I just want you to know. Wait, wait. Before to- you do that, I'm gonna have to search it first. I'm. St- uh, Listen, sir. Okay. Slow down. You You're to? stressing me out. I can't take this. Okay. So if you just want to look through the box real quick, you know, uh, that's my wrench. Okay. Uh, my wrench is named Twilight Sparkle. White? Uh, th- what does that mean? Is that code um, for something? N- no, it's just, you know, I like to give my I'm going to talk into name. this mic. If you can hear me, the gig is up. 
I'm on to your man. And if you don't come in this room in the next two minutes, I'm going to end him before right. he ends me. Well, if you could just hand me uh, my screwdriver Applejack over there, um, I can at least get started on the work. Sir, if you use one more code name, I'm going to have to alert the authorities. You're obviously in some deep cover organization, and I don't have time for this. My life okay. is in danger. You, I don't know who you are. You've never shown me any identification. I'm going to have to make some calls here. I can, I can give you identification. I can give you identification, all right? Here on my ID, it, it, it says Plumber Rainbow Dash. Okay, that I chose that name for myself, and um, so if you if you just want to check, you know, you can call the friendship is magic. Okay, Craig, I'm gonna have to stop you. Yeah, what's up? I think for, I can I can react more, but I think you need to be like not reading the situation well and kind of making it worse. Okay, 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 fair enough, fair enough. Let's do it. I don't know why you would call this screwdriver something anything anything like that, or why your ID has rainbow dash. None of that makes any sense. To be honest, you don't look American, and it's scary. I me. don't. So, what about me? Doesn't look American. Um, mostly their eyes. They seem shifty. Okay. Well, I've been working a lot specifically to look American. I, you know, you aren't the first okay. person to give I'm me that. I'm gonna stop you right there. What do you mean to look American? Well, okay? I've just gotten that complaint a lot. All right. So I'm just thinking, like, you know, I think maybe um, I do need to look a little more. Maybe I should start wearing like. Sir, I'm gonna shorts. give you. Name three American things. Green Day. Mm, that's sketchy. Next. G- Georgia. The state or the country? The peach. Okay. Next. And softball. Oh my gosh. I'm, we're gonna have to I'm gonna have to conduct another test, sir. Please go to the corner of the room, strip down to your undergarments while I look through your things. Uh hey, 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 yeah, I'm married. You gotta you sir, gotta call my wife. Please maintain your distance, please. Go okay, into the corner, well, strip down, kick your belongings over to me. All right. Well, I mean, do you want me to do a little dance while I do it? Sir, as you can see, I have acquired a firearm. Whoa, whoa, now, this whoa, is, whoa, this whoa, is to protect you, me. Bah, bah, bah. Where did this, you get that? You did, whoa, That is too big of a firearm for you to have pulled out of your pocket or something. Sir, as... Aren't those illegal? I am a man who values security and protection. And my life is in danger right now because of you. Now, if you don't give up what government agency you're with and cooperate with my demands, I'm going to have no choice but to put you down and go into hiding. I'm with the EPA. What does that stand for? The Environmental Protection Agency? Okay, that's clearly a lie. Sir, make peace with your God. You have five seconds. Cox gun. I was going to give you the whole five seconds. What a (laughs) hostile, hostile situation. Turns uh, out mental illness is not funny, and I can only play that character so authentically. <laughs> All right, Greg, I got a middle segment for you. Uh, of course you do. It's the world-renowned Bracket Boys. World-renowned. Now, where we left off, you described your dream woman. Her top quality, personality-wise, was faithfulness and loyalty, and her top quality, physically, was them beautiful eyes. Okay. Well, now it's time for you to go through the bracket. I need you to pick... The worst habit you could anyone could possibly have in a relationship. I have an eight seed. The one's going to go against eight, two against seven, normal thing. I'm going to go through them with you. You're going to look for the worst thing you would possibly want in a relationship. Are you ready? Yes. Leaving the number one seed, leaving pee on the toilet versus picking scabs, which is worse. Uh, I know. I think we might have an upset right off the bat. Uh, cause like you tell me picking scabs would be worse than consistent pee on the toilet. How often do people get scabs? 
I mean, I don't know, but I, I know I, I'm not just like I can I can take a little piece of toilet paper. Okay, so it means picking scabs is worse. I mean, okay, just for the sake, like you're right. You know, it depends on how often someone is getting scabs. So we'll we'll let the toilet pee slide for this one. Okay, we're gonna do the three seed against the six seed. Never washing hands or consistently popping zits. Never washing hands. Okay. Two seed against the seven seed. Never covering a sneeze, a burp, or a cough, or chewing tobacco. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, because I think the sneeze is really the big one of those that I would have a problem with. In order, it's sneeze, cough, burp. In terms of things I care about in that trifecta. Yeah, makes um, sense. But tobacco, man. The thing is, like, tobacco is just, like, kind of a deal breaker for me. Right. Just, like, so, this like. This is one that's just in their mouth and they spit. Yeah. And and that just leaves, like, a permanent thing for me to deal with forever. Like, so I think I'm going to go with the tobacco one. Okay. That's a little bit of an upset, but it makes sense. And then rounding out, we have chewing with mouth open versus digging in their underwear and smelling it. Hmm. I mean, like. <sighs> It depends on how far in the relationship we are, because if we're like three years into the relationship, the second one you mentioned, like, that's just a part of life sometimes. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, no further questions. Do you have a verdict? (laughs) Um, I'm going to say the open mouth chewy is worse. Okay. Yeah. So our next face off, we have leaving pee on the toilet. Versus never washing hands, which is worse. Never washing hands. Okay. Semifinals. We have chewing tobacco versus always chewing with their mouth open, which is worse. Chewing tobacco. Okay. And in the finals, we have never washing hands versus a person who dips tobacco, which is Uh, worse. This is interesting because the way that I'm looking at this in kind of like a would you rather type mindset. Yep. In like a, this person is like this and you cannot change this about them. 100%. And so I'm trying to think of like, does that mean I just have to double down on like hand sanitizer? Is there a way that I can just like start tricking them into wearing hand sanitizer? And is that better than chewing tobacco? I really don't like tobacco. Like you, that, that is such a strong contender. Like, you could have chosen almost any other substance, and it would not have made it this far or have given me such painful deliberations. But specifically, like, tobacco is such right. a... It's so rough. I think... I think that sounds like our winner. Yeah, I think I have to go with tobacco. Chewing tobacco is our winner for worst quality. Now, we do have a follow-up, Craig. I pulled out eight qualities that you would want to provide to your loved one in this relationship. These are things that you want more than anything to have. Things that she values about you, but you get to pick one of these eight qualities to have. Are you ready? Yeah. Number one, voted on by women you know and women you don't know. Just women in general. Okay. Making her laugh is the number one seed against eight seed being spontaneous. What would you rather be? I would rather make her laugh. Okay. Now, in the three seed against the six seed, we have respecting her interests versus being independent and not clingy respecting her interests all right i am clingy 
<laughs> All right. Now, two seed against the seven seed. Listening to her needs versus being passionate in the relationship. Um, hmm. This is... I think I'm going to go with listening to her needs. Okay. We have not had an upset yet. That was our two seed against the seven seed. Now we have our four against the three seed. Or four versus five, sorry. Four being her protector or his protector or being selfless. Number five. I think, I, I hope to be selfless. Okay, we have our first upset. Here we go. Into the semifinals. We have making her laugh. I put her in here because it's voted on by women, but substitute the pronouns of your choice. Making okay. her laugh versus respecting her interests. Because huh. he, he, here's where you I'm at. You one. So I'm not saying <laughs> the other one you don't have, but let's say you do it the average amount. Okay, sure. Here, Here's still the divide, though, is I am now at a point of like, how do I want to be viewed and how do I want to actually treat someone? Right. Because... Listen, I would love to date someone that thinks I'm the funniest person in the world. That would be such a boost to my ego that I could really use in times like this. Let's say this is the thing that when she's in a group with her friends, again, assuming pronouns and what what have you, when they're like, what is he like? The biggest thing that comes up is he oh makes God. me laugh. He's oh, my so gosh, he makes me laugh. Or, oh, my gosh, he respects anything I want to pursue. Um. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I think... I'm gonna say I'm on the edge. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say respect. Oh my gosh, here we go. Aretha Franklin picking respect over laughter. Greg, I can't say it's off brand, but I was hoping for better. So cause he here's here here's the thought process though, is if I cannot do bits with you, then like there's no point, right? Right. If we're not doing bits, then we're wasting our time. Right. But but what if, if she's doing, in the fly fishing, Craig? Then I will respect that she can go do that on her own time. But what if she like wants to raise frogs? Yeah, hey, hey, Alex, you're listing things that aren't that bad so far. Hey, what if she's a tobacco farmer? Okay. Well, I think that there also has to be. I also have to like this person to begin with. <laughs> right. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the trait that she views me as. I, I think respectful is pretty important to me. Okay. Semi-finals. Listening and just being a good listener, but listening to her needs versus the five seed of being selfless. Get just always willing to compromise. I think I think the selfless part. Uh, I knew it. It was too good to be true. Why do you sound disappointed? It was just uh, one of those things that like He wanted to be selfless. What an idiot. Leave it to Craig to freaking jump on the grenade. Now here we go. In the finals. Good luck with this one. Would you rather <laughs> respect her interests or be known for being selfless? Huh. I find it hard. I would find it very hard to be disrespectfully selfless. I think what you what this would be is like, I'm not willing to compromise on this. I think what we're going to do is what I want to do. I feel like we're always doing what you want to do. I feel like we always buy what you want to buy. I feel like we're always doing. I don't want to keep doing that we're doing what i'm doing so that would be the more less selfless way respecting your interests we've covered this before it's the hey man what are you doing <laughs> you want to <laughs> pursue a career and stand up comedy everyone knows females aren't funny and that's why i would call them females <laughs> and not women um i'm you know what 
This is a made-up game with no consequences. I'm just going to say respect. All right. We have a respect. Now here's the plot twist, Craig. Uh-oh. You have become the respectful man of her dreams. Okay. Everything she pursues. However, you now chew tobacco. So, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Craig is looking for someone <laughs> who's faithful, has beautiful eyes, and can trust that he will respect your interests. However, he has picked up a horrible dipping habit and goes through a can a day. That concludes this week's Bracket Boys. Oh, each dip only costs about an average of $3. I could swing that. Yeah. It's it's not too bad. Then you have to. There's different flavors. It's a whole thing. Yeah, you'll oh, get well. used to it. Could be worse. Could be worse. All right. So we're gonna move on to our one hit wonder, and I, this is the most excited Alex and I have been in a very long time. And it came to me almost in a dream last night, where we took the time and we wrote eHarmony style dating profiles for each other, and the other person is going to read it. Dude, Pretty it's simple. a banger. I'm I'm yeah. excited because this is not a license to roast each other, but it's going to open up a lot of how we see the other person and what yeah. they might want in a significant other. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. And you as the audience are going to learn a lot about us. Uh, Alex, do you want me to read first or do you want to read first? You should read first. Okay. Hi. I'm Craig, and although I look like your run-of-the-mill, straight, cisgender male, know that I am ashamed of it and will enthusiastically adopt, but not appropriate, any culture you care to share. I'm a 23-year-old who enjoys movies, podcasting, and video games. But hey, I'm not like other guys. (laughs) I'm in therapy and have lots of female friends, so you don't have to be scared about coming back to my place post-date. But in all reality, I can give you their numbers and they'll vouch for me. Also, just so you know, this is all a joke. Unless, you know, whatever. My friends would define me as empathetic, woke, and lighthearted. Just not all at once. Gender roles are not important to me. I would actually prefer you assume all the responsibilities. And I'll support you like you have never been supported before. I'm looking for a woman between 18 and 30 or a guy who can guarantee me a long and stable life, a la a sugar daddy. My partner should never have their natural hair color. Blue, pink, and purple are preferred, but wear their gentle angst on their sleeve. I like a go-with-the-flow kind of person who is comfortable with just chilling and listening to my obscure references to the lore that I've been reading up on. My dream date would be sleeping in and recording a couple's podcast, grinding for achievements on Xbox, door dashing a food of your choice, as long as it's not seasoned too much red meat, ethnic, spicy, or dairy, and then attending the midnight premiere of the rebooted Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Disclaimer, I will not be interested in the following. Trump supporters, intimidating minorities, single parents over the age of 40, unless you are hot and relatable, MMA fans, and Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Craig, I, I can't imagine you're going to be single for long with a bio like that. I am Honestly, so proud of you. Yeah. Uh, I sent your link into the Skype chat. Gotcha. Now, Craig, before we yeah, move up? on, how did we feel that was as far as being true to you, authentic? True to me. I say, I say we hit like a solid 70%. And if you've listened to one of, you know what? If, you, if this is your first episode of Permanent Good, I think you can parse through where that 30% of artistic liberty might have shown through a little bit. Now, All right. He, I, 
I uh, want to say a little thing about mine before you read it. Okay. I definitely wrote yours kind of more in the spirit of Alex Good. So just kind of remember that as you read it. Carry on. Okay, that's fine. Hi, my name is Alex. I'm pretty sure I'm 25 years old and I'm looking for something new. Before entering the domestic sector, I used to be what one might call a player. Meaning I left many people, including myself, incredibly unsatisfied. But now I want to redeem myself. While my previous monikers, African Hottie and Mr. Audacity, may still apply to my general personality and attitude towards life, I like to think I turned into a much more down-to-earth person. For example, I am very family-oriented, which means my wife and child will always come first. You are second, and you will remain second. You will never not be second. I am also a man of faith, so I guess that makes you third. (laughs) The Lord, then family, and then you. If you still can handle me, let me tell you a little bit more about me. I buy guns with blood money, and I'm proud of it. I'm also an expert drinker, and I can never say no to one more whiskey. I have a well-paying 8 to 5, which in this economy means I can buy you a 6 and 7 subway. Greg, you are way funnier than I thought you were. (laughs) I also have a well-paying 8 to 5. (laughs) <laughs> Which in this economy means I can buy you a section sub at Subway as long as you don't get extra veggies. But as long as you can stay within my financial parameters, that ish will be on me. When I go out with the boys, you better not expect a phone call to check in and let you know I'm doing okay. The only person I call is my lawyer because I am in a very litigious battle with DreamWorks over what my claim is arson. The easiest way to win me over is to prove your loyalty to me and it must be done thusly. 1. Delete your Pinterest. No woman of my caliber wastes their time pinning what they want. Instead, put in the drive and power to do it themselves. Two, cook me a steak. This is not about gender roles, but rather your intuition. If you are able to accurately assess how I like my steak cooked and seasoned and properly prepare it, then your wit is strong. Three, you must defeat me in a wrestling match. I fight clean, but I also fight dirty. Good luck. Also, I'm six foot if that matters. Perfect. Freaking nailed it, bro. Perfect. I, I you might, I might have been seventy percent on yours, but you're a hundred percent on mine. <laughs> I back this one hundred percent. All right. Well, I'm just gonna open a catfish profile for you and see who this drags okay. in. Bang! I'll send you some uh, shirtless pics. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh man, that was so much fun. It's a shame we can never do it again. That's a real bummer. I know the audience is gonna want to hear that over and over again. Maybe every week. Yeah. So sad. For sure. Um, freeballing. What do you got going on? Um, listen to more stand up. Um, Liz, here's the thing. More and more people are getting into stand up. There's a big boom going on right now. Same thing with podcasts. I was doing that. I have seen one person on. Okay. So one of them was Giannis Papas. He put out a YouTube special called mom love. I learned of him, learned of him first through podcasts, have been listening to him for about two years. Watched his stand up. It is exactly like podcasting i i think it's good if you like him um but i wish this is a constant thing for me i wish there was just more jokes um yeah and i i I noticed the same problem happen with um what's his name chris destafano yeah chris destafano they had those Giannis papas and chris destafano they had a podcast together yeah where like i've seen clips of his stand-up and and you've talked about this before where it's just it's just a podcast story 
But yeah, like, it's very uh, conversational. I want setup punch, setup punch. I want to be laughing the whole time. These just felt like, hey, this is a cool thing I thought of, um, which just wasn't doing it for me. But I would give it like a six out of ten. It wasn't bad. You can tell this guy's been doing it for a long time. It just wasn't my thing. I also sure. watched uh, Stavros Hakias, um live at the Lodge Room, also on YouTube. This is his first special, maybe his second. Way funnier. He's in. They're both New York comics. Um, Stavros is younger. He's like thirty-two. Okay. Um, he, you might also know him from TikTok. The dude has a very iconic look. He's like overweight, but has like a super thinning hairline and glasses. Oh, yep. I know exactly He's who it is. Yeah. So funny, dude. He is so For sure. funny. Um, his special is pretty good. I wish it was a little bit tighter. I think what it was is he had great jokes. They're just not all of them landed with me. But overall, he, there was a couple ones that made me laugh out loud. A couple ones that made me pause, just like catch up with his freaking his hitters overall I would, I would give it like a seven and a half eight out of ten very good i would recommend it to people for sure good stuff um the first as of recording the first episode of miss marvel is out uh which is the new disney plus show based on the character of the same name and this is the first disney plus show where i look at it and i'm like or specifically for uh, Marvel shows where I look at this and I'm like, Ooh, this is not going to be for everyone because it's the first thing that the MCU does. This is the first thing that the MCU has done in a while. That's not like an action centered thing. Oh, gotcha. And so Miss Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan is a 16 year old girl in a town called Jersey city. And, a lot of that shows where like it is a show about a 16 year old girl. It is almost, I don't want to call it a teen drama because it, the stakes aren't that high, but like it's very clearly a, like a teen show. And I think a lot of people are going to go into it expecting, you know, Hawkeye or uh, WandaVision or something like, you know, this like weird kind of like extra sensical right. MCU show, but it's not, it's, it, it's uh, something that would air on like ABC or something. Oh, okay. it, it very much like a coming of age kind of thing. Yeah. So if I, I, the only reason I wanted to bring that up is because I think it's a cool show. The first episode isn't super great because she, you know, she doesn't get her powers until the end of the first episode. And so the first episode is a lot of character building. And if you, I think she just behaves, you know, like a normal teenage girl. Mm -hmm. And that is not the demographic for, you know, not everyone fits in that demographic. So I, that's the only reason why I wanted to bring it up is just be like, if you do want to watch the new Miss Marvel show, it's cool, but don't expect the same kind of shows we've been getting. Got you. Very much. a. L let's uh, manage your expectations. Yeah. Um, wrapping it up for me, I finished season four and season five of Rick and Morty. I'm all caught up. Okay. I bailed after season three of Rick and Morty. Season four is my favorite season. Okay. Here's real quick. And maybe you can just kind of help clear things with me. The thing that I did not like about Rick and Morty is I felt like it couldn't decide if it wanted to be a week to week show where it kind of just did what it wanted or if it wanted to be a serial comedy with consequences between each episode. So that's going to continue to be a problem. If that's okay. an issue for you, that doesn't bother me at all because they're one-offs. 
in season four are so good. Yeah. Their one-offs are amazing to the point where I, the whole time I'm thinking like, how did they come up with this? How did they do this? How did they do this? The jokes yeah. are funny. They're tight. There's one-liners. There's stuff that flies on the radar until you watch it a second time. Season four is awesome. Season five for me was not as good. I think I like season three more than I like season five. Season five is like weird. It's funny, but it's just kind of weird. So it sounds like this is the definition of mid for you. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> mid, bro. But that might be a based opinion. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely worth watching for season four, though. There's a couple sure. episodes that are freaking fire. I'm going to go back and watch the whole thing front to back, the whole show. I think this is going to be like my version of The Office, how people just have it going on in the background and then like just rewatch it over and over again. Dude, it hits for me. It's yeah. a, it's a it's similar to my form of humor and comedy that it just it they got my number and I'm going to keep watching it while it's still funny. Oh, definitely. I respect that. Um the last thing that I have to bring is uh DC released they started doing it last year. So to call it annual feels kind of like jumping the gun a little bit, right. but uh they they've started releasing annual anthology comics for Pride Month. And so I started reading their 2022 Pride Anthology, mm-hmm. and it's it's such a good book. I, 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 DC does a lot of really good, um, relevant anthologies because they did one for the um, natural disaster in Puerto Rico a few years ago. They made an anthology comic that was made like just to get donations for the disaster relief and that book was really good and uh the dc pride book for this year is also super good uh it's a hundred pages and 10 bucks so and i so i think that's a better deal than what you would be getting on a regular week-to-week comic um but at the end of the day it's just a super cool book there's lots of uh really cool stories there's some uh, Superman, there's some Wonder Woman, there's some Robin, Tim Drake, all, 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 all your favorites are sprinkled in there. And Dude, it's that's sweet. Yeah. Love it a lot. Anything else? I think that's it, man. All right. Next week. Next week is going to, we're going to test our metal a little bit. And I mean that literally and figuratively because we are watching Terminator three rise of the machines and Terminator salvation. So, this is this is the the 2000s era of Terminator and I have no expectations. I've never well, seen these. Well the thing is is like we went from 80s to 90s to the rest we have two in the 2000s like the aughts and then two in the teens. Like the other 15 and a 19. So yeah. it at the very least should look modern and yes. I'm excited for that. It should be just easier to watch even if the dialogue and the plot sucks. What's wild is Terminator, maybe this is, I'll just say it now. Terminator is one of those franchises that as an audience member, I can never tell if it's dead or not because no fewer than four years goes between each movie. And with each movie, I I think it's the last, because there's like eight years between the first and the second one. There's 10 years between two and three. There's five years between three and four. Like, guys, you can make these more often if you wanted to. Yeah, but here's the thing. And this is only young people problems. Now, um, I'm going to start recognizing who the actors are in these movies. Yes, Christian Bale is in the fourth one. Right. Bryce Dallas Howard, Helen Bonham Carter are in the fourth one as well. 
Um, I mean, we're going to start knowing who people are. So as long as that keeps happening... Soon, Michael B. Jordan isn't going to be in one of these, dude. And Zendaya is going to be in another one. So, uh, like, Amelia Clark is in the fifth one. Freaking down for it, bro. I like that stuff. So, if they keep spreading it out, that also means they're going to have to, like, put in, like, a, an ending to each one. So, we're going to get closure over and over and over again. Because um, they don't know when it's going to end. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, which We're going to see how it, that goes. Well, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It could be bad, but it also means I'm not going to have to worry about cliffhangers. Which, are, For sure. which is nice. Um, but but we'll that's next week's problem. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, until next time, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.